everyone, and welcome to another episode of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, a podcast conversation with successful business owners who share their secrets of thriving in business while living with chronic illness. Here's Nancy Becker. Good morning, everyone. I'm Nancy, the Chief Flying Pig Wrangler. Do you have a chronic illness? Do you need better systems to scale your company? Here at Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, we listen to conversations that reveal the tools and mindsets to make our businesses grow more easily. I know our guest today has some insight into that, so grab your pens and paper and get started taking notes. It's going to be good. Welcome, Marin Laka. Thank you so much. And pronunciation, I always have to do this, Marin Lauka. Marin Lauka, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought no, I please, had it. <laughs> please don't apologize. It, it's all good. Up, people screw up my name. You know, it's Becker, but they go Beecher and all kinds of crazy <laughs> things. So I'm right there with you, but I'm sorry. <laughs> no worries. I am so excited for our conversation today and such an important topic. I'm so grateful to be on your show. Well, thank you so much. Tell us a little bit about how we connected and why we decided that you'd be a good fit for the show. <laughs> Yes. So my, I have a, I own a coaching practice, which is based on my master's studies in positive developmental psychology. And so I have this psychology lens. I know a little bit about how we work as humans, behaviors that are, that are great things that we can work with ways that we can cope ways that we can grow through and past challenge using the teachings of positive psychology, but also I'm a business owner. And so I myself have had to find the systems and the things that make life easier instead of making life harder. And specifically, I really take this approach of doing it from a place of authenticity. So allowing ourselves to not only adopt systems and learn tools that work for other individuals, but to try them on ourselves and really be honest about, does this work for me? Is this helping me to pursue my own unique goals and challenges and having that filter? Because I found working with so many clients and doing so many speaking engagements that sometimes we lose that filter. We think that everyone else else has the answers when actually we can use others for inspiration, then again, come back to our center and then make those decisions and take in the information um, and go from there. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that's really, really important. I've been doing this for a long time. I've run my business for over 35 years, but I also know that what I did years ago does not work for what I do now. And so it's important to find new tools and new strategies and things like that, that work for me now. And with the fact that I've also got these chronic illnesses, it makes it that much more important to find a tool that is going to work for you. We need to do things that are going to work for us that are also going to work for the people we work with. And so I love learning about new tools. And in fact, I'm working on trying to find some new ones right now that I'm, I'm in love with a new program called Sweet Dash. Have you ever heard of that one? I have not. Tell me a little uh, more. Well, it does time management, which is what we're going to get talking about. It does your email, your CRM. It's supposedly one of these all-in-one programs. And uh, it, as far as I can tell, it comes pretty close. There are still a few things that, you know, you need to 
to separate out and do with other things. But for me, once you've got a program that can do most of your automations for you, then that's just so much better. Absolutely. And I'm so glad you brought up the point of our different seasons. So it's not only about finding systems that work for us. So taking inspiration from others, learning from others, seeking out advice, and then filtering it through our lens. It's also having those check-ins with ourselves to say, even if something has worked for me for 20 years, is it still working for me in this current season with my new unique circumstances and challenges and goals and having that as a check-in too. And not to say not to get us overwhelmed right from the get-go. We don't need to constantly be reassessing, but to give ourselves at least permission to reassess and to shift based on our seasons. Yeah. And, you know, I think there comes, it's funny, my, uh, the VA that I had my um, office administrator was constantly telling me, you're looking at shiny objects, stop that, (laughs) you know, but because I teach other people the tools and strategies, I really have to know what's out there so that I can see what might be best for this person or for that person. Go, oh, is that going to work? Oh, I like this. Let's look at this. Yes. But, but I know when it comes time for me to seriously look for myself for something different. Mm-hmm. And that's when I start delving into it. But there's another side to all of that. And that's it's time consuming. It can be hard to figure out a new program. And oftentimes we will look for something, we'll find something, we'll start to work with it. And we'll go, this is too hard. And we go back to the other thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yep. There's a fine line, isn't there, between the seeking something better or something that really works for us and asking those reflective, important questions and also being content with what is and knowing when the the energy expenditure is worth it versus not. So that's another thing, another layer to also even say, do I want to go into this right now or am I going to just make this work? Sometimes we need a little nudge from others or a support system to be like, it's actually really not working. Like <laughs> you really need to do to find a new system. But we also, at the end of the day, have our own autonomy, our own choice to say, right now, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And I'm sure there are better tools. There are a million tools out there to choose from. This one works good enough. Yeah, I think so. I just did a poll in LinkedIn a couple of days ago that I thought was really interesting because it was talking about what are the different things that you need to know to have a successful business. And one of the votes that you could do was a clarity, you know, to have clarity as to what you're doing and all that. But the number one comment that people voted for was time management, which I think is really interesting, especially again, considering that my clients for the most part have some sort of a chronic illness. We're tired. We, you know, we, we have a lot going on outside of business and we're also trying to manage and run thriving successful businesses. And I know that time management is one of your special things. So talk to us about time management. Yes. I love time management specifically because I have taken a different approach than at least I've seen by many individuals with time management. And I alluded to this earlier, 
that I take this lens of authenticity and letting everyone have their own filters of what works for us. And I find this, I do a similar workshop and have a similar area of expertise with finances. Both time and finances are resources that we need. We tend to societally adopt a scarcity mindset with both. And we can look at them really easily through a quantitative lens, which is just to say the numbers of of money, of time. And that gets us in a very limited space. And so we can go through that traditional lens of time management and say, okay, how do I spend my hours? How do I note this? How do I prioritize? How do I make it all more efficient? All those kind of standard questions with time, which are not bad or wrong. They're not bad questions to be asking. However, I find that there's this huge room of opportunity for time management and financial management through a similar lens. If we ask ourselves, why are we doing what we're doing? What do we want to be doing? What's working for me? And go start there or at least have it be part of the conversation. And so my take on time management, I've done a a few variations of this training. One focuses mainly on having a week review system that I created for my business, of course, was inspired by others review systems as well. But what I really do in this review is not only mark how much time I'm spending in different areas of my business using as much automation as possible. We can do that through different calendar systems, or there's even something you can do almost completely hands-off. If you're going into an office, there are some devices on your phone or apps on your phone where it tracks your location if you're comfortable with that, and then automatically calculates how much time did you spend at work? How much time did you spend at home just to get a sense of, of that time? So that's the data collection piece. And more the traditional means of time management. But in this week review system that I've implemented and now shared with hundreds of individuals, I also ask the question, what are we focused on this week? How can we really take those priorities and, and come back to the original definition of the word priority, which is one, <laughs> one thing that is most important rather than having multiple things that are on our mind at the same time. Can we choose one, be brave enough to choose one? And that doesn't mean other things don't exist, but to have that focus, to foster that clarity, that simplicity, and then also to note our goals for ourselves, to note our celebrations, to note our lessons learned, to note our reflections reflections overall. So I mentioned that word quantitative before it adds in all these qualitative measurements of time management is what I'm doing, helping me work toward my goals. What are my goals in the first place? How can I hone those in so that it doesn't feel so overwhelming so that I don't feel this pressure that I'm never doing enough or that I need more time to get this done. What if I could narrow this down to say, there's one goal this week and no matter how much time or how little time I spend, if that happens, I'm going to feel good and celebrate myself and take the opportunity to learn lessons from that and then begin again with the next week. So that is a, of course, big, big overview of, of my approach, but I found it with audiences everywhere to feel very refreshed that it's not just about efficiency and tracking and numbers, but also about how are you feeling about how you're spending your time and what are the goals and what's the why behind that time to help as the foundation upon our time management systems, as opposed to just finding a system to resolve the general concept of time management. So if you've got, as a business owner, you know, you've got 10 things that need to be accomplished in this week's time or this day's time or whatever, taking what you're talking about how would you take those 10 things and put them into your system? 
Yeah. The very first step, uh, although we may assume automatically that those 10 things need to be done is to at least filter once. Do they need to be done? Do they need to be done now? Do I want to do them? Sometimes the answer is no. Do I emphasizing me want to do them? Sometimes we can uh, delegate or postpone or share, get support with some of these items. So before even getting into any of that traditional time management, it's to manage our time from the get-go to really have a strong filter. Is this something I really need, want, desire to do? And that goes to a lot of mindset work that I do with so many of my clients of working on the fears that come up, the beliefs that are on placed upon us, or we place upon ourselves to have the ability to really filter and really be brave in that filter system. After that, go no, ahead. No, I was just going to say, that's really interesting. I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And especially as business owners, we have a lot more freedom than sometimes we give ourselves credit for. And I absolutely lump myself into this just as much as anyone else. And so I can look at those goals and when I have, or those tasks, depending on, on how you're viewing them. And I can have all this pressure of, I need, I really need to do this this week. But if I really pause and say, is that true? Who is telling me I have to do that? Sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes, yes, I do need to prepare for this presentation because it is tomorrow and I'm the one leading it, right? There's, that's a definite example, but sometimes it's like, I really don't need to record my audiobook this week. I can postpone it. And there may be some fears coming up about that. And I may really want to do it, but what's best for myself as a whole and my business as a whole to take care of myself, to alleviate some of that pressure, to create more space is really important. So yes, the first step is to filter. The first step is to do that check-in. Is this really needed? Is it a yes now, or is it a yes later, or is it a no or a delegation? There's a lot of nuance in, in that first step. And from there, prioritizing what really matters and what do you want to tackle first? Or <laughs> there are so many different ways to do this. I had a client once who created a toy, he called his toy box schedule. So it was essentially a list of could do's instead of to do's instead of tasks to check off. It was saying, Hey, these are all the things that I really want to, or need to accomplish this week. I'm not going to put them in a schedule. I'm not going to put them on a list. I'm not going to prioritize. I'm going to trust myself a little bit here. Trust my intuition, trust my energy, trust where I am at different points of different days. And then look at that list and say, what am I willing to do? And, and know that there's, you know, some accountability there, be it yourself, be it a list or be it a toy box to have those notes. And, and so you, to trust the process, but also to give yourself that flexibility of, Almost doesn't matter how much time this takes, unless you want it to matter, then you can create your own structure, but there's just, there's room for flexibility. And then that fosters room for flow. Otherwise I do have some clients who are more the type A who like the check boxes, who really want to prioritize what's first, second, third on this list, or what do I want to assign to each day? I have one client who loves sticky notes and has her tasks for the week on one wall. And then when they're done, she, she puts them in a spindle and it's the celebratory moment of, of completing one task of that week. So there are so so many different ways to then go about completing those. And we could get into even more specific systems, but what I actually think is the most important piece because it's so often forgotten is that first filter. Do I need to be doing these things? Do I want to be doing these things? And in what way does it make sense for me to do the things I decide to do that really works and feels good for me in my unique circumstance? 
that's fascinating. And I'm sitting here thinking, how do I do that? <laughs> you know, it just, especially since I'm one of the ones that has the sticky notes and the 10 different calendars and, and I use Alexa to send me, send me reminders that this has got to be done at a certain time and all that. So I'm relatively rigid with my time, but yeah, so this sounds wonderful. I just don't see me doing it. <laughs> I don't know how I can switch over to do it. Yeah, no, that's wonderful to accept ourselves where we're at. And to also, you are already doing the most important piece. What works for me and having a system that works as long as it works, works. And so, and stick with it. What does come to mind is also, so you're saying I have 10 calendars. I have some clients who come into, into meetings with me saying, I have a written calendar. I have my Google calendar. I have my appointment calendar. How do I get it all to sync? There are some amazing programs that help you. Even Google calendar can often sync with so many of these different, you know, task management systems or time management systems, calendars, schedulers all in one. And as much as we can simplify that process. And again, that's very individual, but that for sure helps so that we don't feel as scattered. The other thing though, taking even a step back from that, if we're feeling really scattered, we may jump and it's very natural to jump to the solution focused mind or the problem solving mode. Okay. How do I fix that? I have 10 calendars going on when actually there's this, again, this pre-step of how did it get here? Why is it here? And there may be good reason. So it's not a judgmental lens. It's just to say, if my external world is looking very scattered, probably my internal world is, is feeling pretty scattered. What's going on? What's the root of that? And once I can get there or get support there, then we can go into, or in tandem can go into the problem solving, the solution focused with these different time management systems. But rather than just putting a bandaid over the, over the problem to really get to the deeper layer, which takes vulnerability and takes time in an ironic way. It takes time to do that. But in the long run, the payoff is tenfold, a hundredfold compared to just finding a solution of like combining calendars and stopping, starting and stopping there. Just, you know, it's interesting. And, and I know that I've talked with many of my clients who, who are dealing with these kinds of things. And like, I use myself as an example, because nobody's got a crazier schedule than I do. You know, I've got, I've got all of my husband's things. And, you know, he's now going to see doctors for physical therapy for some things. I've got tons of doctor's appointments. I've got my podcasts. I've got pre-podcast interviews. I've got the interviews. I've got my networking meetings that I do both for my business and with other people to get business for me, you know, and it's, there's daily, there's five to 10 things on my calendar every single day of stuff that I have to do. And if I don't force myself to look at the calendar, then I miss things. The calendars, my calendar that I'm using now is starting to screw up and I'm getting double appointments or appointments aren't getting put on the calendar and then I miss them and then I'm all frustrated. And, you know, it's, it's just like, is any of this worth it? <laughs> Yeah. So let's get practical and, and talk about some really practical, tactical tools we can implement, because I think all of us can relate to that feeling of chaos. <laughs> There's so much going on. Chaos is and a then perfect it, word. <laughs> yes. And it adds up. And how do we, like, once it, it, the ship is already sinking, how, how the heck do we manage that? So the first thing that comes to mind is to 
get support in some way. And that can be a friend, that can be an accountability system, that can be a system you set up with yourself of accountability and support to say, to even just highlight or write down, this isn't working. This feels bad. This feels scattered. My calendar isn't sinking. I'm frustrated to even just note those feelings as a first step to say, okay, this isn't working. And I either need to support myself or how can I get the support that I need if what is happening currently isn't working? So reaching out for those resources, reaching out for coaches, reaching out for mentors to help us find a solution or start that experimentation process to see what works for us. The other thing that comes to mind as you share all of the things all at once is that's been helpful for myself and clients is to compartmentalize a little bit. So not to be, not to add that rigidity of there's no flow, but just to simplify where we can. So that can look like many things. One example of how this could look is if we have a traditional five-day work week, not everyone does, but if we're going off of that system, to take our business tasks and lump them together, the same type of tasks together. And I even have some, I had a mentor and some clients do weeks as lumping together. So a client facing week, or maybe a podcast creation week, and then a behind the scenes backend week. And what this does is helps to organize naturally because it's already putting kind of boxes or labels on these different parts of our schedule. And then what I was alluding to earlier with the five-day work week is what I do in my business is each day has a focus and every week has the same five things. So the core elements of my business include coaching one-on-one in my group clients, speaking, and then I publish my first book. So author and author related services. Then there's the CEO tasks. So the business, traditional business tasks. And then there's marketing, which copywriting, content creation, that's a whole element of it as well. And so those are for me, again, I started with that original filter for me and my business. Those are the five things and an invitation to everyone listening. What are your main things that if you had five boxes or three boxes that you had to organize your either personal or professional tasks into, how could you start the simplification process by labeling these, these categories of what you do? And again, it doesn't have to be so rigid that I only ever do speaking on Thursdays every Thursday because that's my speaker day. But I can have these days to help my mind and help my schedule organize and also build that trust within myself that I know I'm going to have, I'll use your example. I know I have time to prep podcasts because every Monday or at least one day a week that I've assigned is my podcast prep day. And that also requires a little bit of trust to say, I'm not going to get that shiny object syndrome and say, I also want to edit or record or whatever a different uh, element of this on that's reserved for another day. I'm not going to pull that into this day because I know I'm going to do it Wednesday or I know I'm going to do it later in the week. And again, the whole point of this is to simplify and to organize and to create almost this mindless approach to, to organization because we already have, we don't have to rethink of the five main things or the four main things each week that stays consistent over time. And again, I do want to emphasize that it doesn't mean you can only do those things on certain days, but to know that you have space for, and the main priority of that day is this one category. I love it. I love it. Time blocking, which is basically what we're talking about here is really a valuable tool. I think Mm -hmm. because you do give yourself permission to work on 
this. And, and I know a lot of, a lot of times and myself included, you know, I'll be doing something and 10 emails will pop up and I'll go, Oh, I got to stop what I'm doing now and look at my emails. And then I come back to what I was doing and go, what was I doing? You know, <laughs> you've forgotten what you were doing and your whole schedule gets thrown off. And then you're, as my grandmother used to say, discombobulated. <laughs> you know you're just you don't know what's going on anymore so time blocking and and really saying okay this is going to take a little bit of getting used to but if I know that I've got time set aside at four o'clock this afternoon once I'm done with everything else that I'm doing that I can go in and look at my emails you know it it doesn't require me to answer you the minute you send me an email. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know? Emails come up so often. So let's talk some practical tips on emails too. One of them is exactly what you're saying. And I love the idea of putting ourselves into an experiment for the reason that sometimes, like you said, this can be really scary to do at first. So an experiment I invite listeners to try is to reserve time at the end of your day to check emails and to not check them beforehand. If you're in a line of work where there are emergencies or people really sometimes do need you in a timely manner, a great system that I use is a CRM. You mentioned that earlier. And so what I do at the beginning of my day, especially if I know that some people may be needing me or I need to collaborate on a project for something, I'll check that email inbox at the beginning of the day and note in my CRM or on a task list or on some other note of paper, reply to this person, all these, the, the emails that don't have to be managed at that specific moment, and then reply to the ones that really do need to be replied to at that specific moment, but all the other ones write down, set aside for the end of the day. Um, or again, if you can try it out, try it on for size, checking emails at the very end, because as you were speaking about, if we're checking emails or messages or social media at the beginning of the day, we are wired to follow those trains of thought and to reply and to put others needs above our own. And as the saying goes, we can't pour from an empty cup. And so if we let ourselves get distracted by everyone else's priorities and needs first, the stuff that we really want to get done in our business may not get done, or maybe get saved till the end of the day. And then maybe we don't have the energy to do it at that time. Again, this is a matter of checking in with what works for you, your energy flow. Um, but typically being able to start from a place of what are my priorities for the day? Can I get started on that now and not to neglect others needs and desires and, and requests, but to reserve a time where you won't be distracted from what your true priority is that day. And so the end of the day is a good way to do that. Wonderful. I I think these tips and strategies are just so right on and things that I either do myself or need to do myself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I know that my listeners will be writing all of this down. I'm sure they will. I can't believe that we're already into our half hour and that we're about to run out of time. But if there was one thing, and I think we covered all of the topics that we said we were going to talk about, but if there was one thing that we have haven't shared today, what would that be? I want to tell everyone. And if I could like squeeze everyone with so much love and remind everyone, you have so many more answers and so much more wisdom than you give yourself credit for. And I don't say this because I know more than you. I say this because I need to hear that as well. Every single day, we don't give ourselves enough credit and what 
is so magical about coaching clients and being in the line of work that I'm in is I get to be the mirror for others to hear their own advice and wisdom. They're not coming to me looking for me. Well, they may be coming to me looking for me to tell them the answer, but what ends up happening is they find, and I help them guide them to find their own answers. And I see it so many times every single day that, that we don't give ourselves the credit that we have the answer in the first place. And so can we start, or at least try on that belief of maybe I know the solution here. Maybe I am capable of finding and implementing the solution here. And starting from that point, I do have, I mentioned that book earlier. I just released a book and it's all about a seven step process to making decisions. What's really at the core of that book though, is I say in the very first chapter, I don't know what's best for you. And I go into talking about where, where are you listening? What are you using as your compass? And can you find yourself and your foundation as your compass from things like decision-making to time management, to financial alignment to career relationships, every aspect of life. Can you bring it through that filter of yourself? And what that requires is starting with at least a little speck of belief that you're capable and you know some things that you're not giving yourself credit to knowing. And where could somebody find this book? Yes, you can find this on my website. I'll lead you just simplicity's sake. Everything is there. So that's yesandbymarin.com. Y-E-S-A-N-D-B-Y-M-A-R-I-N.com. I have also on there free trainings on YouTube every week, Instagram, if you're hanging out on there. And the book specifically, A Gift for Podcast Listeners, hit the tab on that website page that says, get the book, scroll down. You can get chapter one for free. So if you just want to give it a taste and see what this is all about. Download that first chapter and you'll know within a few paragraphs if this is the book for you. That's wonderful. And the the link will be in the show notes when we air the podcast. Thank you for that. Guys, it's been a wonderful, exciting talk today. I was taking notes just as much as everybody else was. And I know that I'm going to go out there and try some of these things myself. If you have any questions, put them in the comments at the bottom of the podcast and we'll get back with you. Share this with other people. Let them know what great conversations we're having here on the show. And, you know, if you have any ideas for future podcasts, let us know that as well, too. To wrap things up, Often after a podcast, people want to know more about some of the things that we do at Business Success Unlimited. And if you'd like to hop on a Zoom, my contact information is also in the show notes, or you can email me at nancy at business success unlimited. Until next time, guys, get out there, be productive, and soar higher. Take care, y'all. Bye-bye.